I don't know, you put me in that cage, I wouldn't last five seconds. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of 40-ish. This episode will be dubbed, Making Fun of Tucker's Crib. Yeah, uh, so for those who don't know, because you can't see, Tucker is uh, recording from his, um, we're going to go with Dungeon. Yeah. Go with dungeon. Dungeon. Cellar. Man cave. Cellar. Yeah. There'd be a hanging projector and many inappropriate posters up if it were a true man cave. Yeah, it doesn't even have walls. I mean, it has walls, but not nothing else. I, I'm not, I don't have my geeky Star Wars posters hanging up, so yeah, it is the downstairs. Moody's got a classic Snap-on calendar that I'm sure he could negotiate a, a rental basis for you. So it's a, it's a so fine 1986 variety. What year are we talking about? Yep. I'm impressed. Got an Earnhardt poster somewhere in that basement. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, as always, we're joined by uh, John and yes. Lance yeah. and Tucker. And the basement. And the basement. And the basement. Uh, <laughs> On today's episode, we are pleased to welcome a friend of a previous guest. We won't reveal that unless it actually comes out because we'll protect him for right now. Uh, our guest tonight is Mr. John Darling. John is a deputy sheriff somewhere in South Florida, but he also spends his time beating the living crap out of other people as a mixed martial artist. So, Mr. Darling, welcome to 4 Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time. So before we uh, start picking your brain on stuff that scares the crap out of me, both <laughs> both, yeah. uh, both uh, jobs that you t uh, happen to carry, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and uh, what you do? Well, uh, like you said, my name is John Darling. I've been fighting for a long time. I've been a deputy sheriff for uh, 16 years Ooh. when I was uh, 20 years old. And... I would say I, I enjoyed the job, at, you know, the first half of my career, but now it's obviously changed, which I would mm -hmm. like to go off into probably education somewhere now that I have kids and winded my MMA career down. But uh, the job's changed, and uh, my views have obviously uh, went a little right since my uh, I started my career. So sure, it's more mm -hmm. of a hospitality job now, I'd say, rather than a uh, – people's job of correct you know getting rid of uh crime it's kind of condoning it if you if you will oh dear oh wow gotcha you gotcha. guys might have mixed gotcha. mixed uh mixed uh views on this but you know down south here i know you guys are up there but i can tell you law enforcement down here is is totally different than up there oh really? i believe it yeah oh yeah it's it's a lot different you know i mean i grew up there in flint michigan and i'll tell you what it's a, it's 10 times different down here Hmm. Uh, have you been in the same department since uh you know in that same department you know i've had my wow. few scares obviously i've got when i was 20 years old starting you know getting in trouble but i'll tell you what you grow you grow as a deputy you get mature you learn how to handle stuff a lot better use verbal judo i used to I, we were uh, taught in the hmm. judo. that's what a lot of young officers are missing these days of the verbal judo they go right to hands on and want to you know it's, wow that's just scary. That's it's young officers scare me. I don't. I hate to say that, but yeah, you know, and the people they're hiring, you're not getting the best candidates applying for the job anymore. Yeah. So, well, just like teachers, they don't pay people. My exact, my exact. I, I was, I was thinking the same thing. You know, there. I'm on TV today saying, "Oh, we're failing our students." I was listening to a couple other podcasts. Well, we're failing our teachers too. You know, my mom been a teacher twenty years, and you know, she her pay goes down if. You know, she tries to get these, uh, I'm just thinking the PC way to say this, uh, inner city ch kids. Their parents don't show them the same attention as we would probably get, you know. Sure. I was doing homework there, and I'd get smacked around if I didn't do it. Now, mm -hmm. on the other hand, she tries to talk to some parents and like, uh, don't tell me how to raise my parent, my kids, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She gets, she gets penalized if they don't get the right test, you know, test scores. So there's a problem there. That's logic, which I, I think is today in a lot of fields mm -hmm. i mean i look at the career path of someone in law enforcement or frankly in military and thank god the people that do it because you could not pay me enough to put myself in harm's way like that i just could not i don't know how i'd react so you're you're kind of talking about young officers not having the uh the 
let's say negotiation tactics skills to be able to uh, de-escalate situations by just having maybe casual conversation or choosing their words correctly that they get all amped up right away and that probably leads to some some challenges right i would tell you i didn't have those when i was 20 years old i couldn't no. i was mm -hmm. for action and i mean now i mean i wish i had officers tell me and deputies tell me hey let's think think smarter than harder you know it's like now I look at, man, I don't, I know it sounds bad. I used to tell people this all the time. I don't want to go to work and have to do work. I want everything to be calm. I don't want to have to do paperwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, talk a situation down. Hey, why not? You know what it makes me think of? Do you guys ever see the movie uh, Colors? <laughs> yeah. uh, long time ago. Yeah. Okay, right. so, yeah. I was going to say it's been a minute. Well, so the way you're describing it, John, is, is my vibe is that is if you got an older established officer, who has lived on the streets and, and dealt with this and knows like you need to have the rapport and have the conversation. Then they get the young Sean Penn guy uh, right. wants to go at it right away, you know, flashing the gun, pushing people around. And I don't know what that looks like in most environments, but I kind of am imagining this uh, except when you're out, you probably got two young officers together who don't have any, you know, reference point for making good choices. You know, I've had the privilege of working in all facets of, of law enforcement, courts, jails, and I was uh, training uh, two, two officers in booking. Well, booking, you understand that most, most people when they're arrested, their, their most hostile time is in the first few hours of being arrested. So I told okay. everyone, everyone should start in the jail. Everyone. Mm -hmm. You will learn how to use your words rather than your fist. You'll learn how to use both, but yeah. sometimes <clears throat> your, your words don't work. You know, I've been hit directly in the face by a five foot four guy. Direct. He told me what he was gonna do. I didn't think he was gonna do it. Hit me right. In the face. Oh god! It doesn't. You know, <laughs> no physical. <laughs> yeah, no physical force looks good. And I tell this, but at the same time, my guys, going back to these young officers, you're not getting the quality of people that are. You know, they they want to they want to work. They they're not used to. Uh, I would say millennials aren't used to confrontation. They don't know how to do it. They get. They, they start. Yeah. You know, they talk. They don't know how to. They've been growing up in a screen. situation. I mean, you're right. You're right. You know, it's and uh, I don't want to sound like I grew up in some big bad neighborhood, but I tell you what, I, I held my own. You know, I was taught to help with my own. But I had these two officers. I was training them, and all of a sudden, you know, we get in a fight. This other guy's tried grabbing my finger, so I was fingerprinting them, and I was trying to be cool, being the being the instructor. I said, "Say," I said, "I'll say the PC." I said, "I'd let go of my fingers right now for you, or something bad is going to happen." I won't lie to you. I won't smoke smoke screen. I'll tell you what's going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. Then I'll provide you with medical attention if necessary. And I say it just like that. It sounds really, it sounds really bad to say it like that, but you know, I'm, I'm professional as I can be. And he did it. And he snapped my finger when I was trying to fingerprint him and he got put down, you know, he, he, he caused me a little harm, caused me dislocated finger and uh, mm. getting some stitches. But the other officers, they, they stood there and watched. They were so scared. They backed away. Mm. Uh, you know, that's a bad thing for officers to do to get you killed, you know, especially mm. in booking. Just think out in the streets where people have weapons. Mm -hmm. And they don't think twice about consequence. They just act. They don't. Them. No one does. You know, you think weapons scare people these days? No, they don't. I've watched it. It's crazy to me. It's a new breed of people out there. So, John, you said you've uh, you've worked in all facets of law enforcement. Right. Did you start out on the road or was there a progression? In the jail. I started okay. in the jail. Was it mandatory? So, uh, no, no, it's not. Okay. It wasn't mandatory. But here, here's the other thing. You know, what I do now is I work for one of my main jobs is I, I serve for a CERT team, which is a special team. You get special special teams like your emergency response team, the corrections emergency response team, this and that. Well, I get to do certain things like uh, um we go training for cert or for uh, excuse me riots, prison riots. We do high risk transports. We do high profile transports, diplomatic uh, stuff. We go uh, see the RNC. We go to the RNC, the DNC, wherever they think there may riots may occur. That's okay. my main jobs now, and one of my biggest jobs is high profile transports. And uh, I'll admit what I, I do is I do a chase car. Basically, I, I run extra security behind high profiles. For instance, uh, and I'll say his name. I don't I don't really care, but uh. Uh, I had a guy one time and, and I didn't, I had to go pick him up from uh, Tampa or I think I was escorting from Tampa. And, and when we picked him up, he was just talking about pop paparazzi, found him and this and that. And I said, I had no clue who this guy was. And uh, he was dressed very, uh, uh, he had a, like a 
V-neck down to his belly button, bedazzled. <laughs> I said, man, yeah, man, you're real stylish for a 50-year-old guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm old enough to be your father. Show me some respect. I just had to escape out of a fifth store, Ritz-Carlton, blah, blah, blah. You know, I now I'm years into my career, and I was asked, I was having fun with this, and uh, I was just entertaining this conversation. He goes, yeah, Dr. Phil told me I had the broken sparrow syndrome. I said, who did? <laughs> he said, he said, so, well, I was on a show last week and blah, blah, blah. And I, I said, what's a broken sparrow syndrome? He says, well, there'll be a 10 in the room to, uh, talking about females and there'll be a, five, and I'll pick the five because I can fix her. And I, one of the civilians say, hey, that's uh, Robert Lohan, Lindsay Lohan's dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, now it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> now okay. it makes sense. Okay. So well, I got a I got a question for you, John. With your uh, your, because I think I don't know if you mentioned how long you were in MMA, uh, you know, fighting. But did your MMA career lead to your, you know, lead to your uh, your career in law enforcement? Or uh, absolutely you- not. No, I actually started in. <laughs> Thanks for starting question, Lance. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. Uh, I started when Tough Man contest. Oh yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. You know when uh, they used to be a you used to win a thousand bucks. And uh jacket, a free free year's pizza. Yep. I showed mm-hmm. up, I take a breathalyzer, and I think I was 17. I don't even think I was old enough yet. Showed showed up at the IMA Sports Arena, Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh I think it was right after WWF uh uh show. So showed up, place was packed, and I remember just as a 17-year-old guy trying fighting these monsters near three one-minute rounds, and I won a few of them and uh Want some good cash, and then I guess they came down here where I'm at, and uh, they let a drunk uh, female mom in the ring, which she fought without taking a breathalyzer, and they got sued and shut down. So there was no more of those. Okay. Yeah. Then I caught myself fighting in cages and bars for a hundred dollar beer tab throughout Wisconsin, Illinois. Wow. So then you know I came to Florida, and there where it was sanctioned, and I do uh, have. Uh, amateur fights basically not getting paid mm-hmm. you understand being a short heavyweight I'm probably 5'11 probably was 248 at the time I had to fight a lot of big dudes it was you know six, if you guys put you if you get on YouTube I, I, I just lost a, a bad one not too long to Austin Lane he was uh Jacksonville's uh uh defense event for quite a while but he played for Detroit he was six seven and I didn't have a good camp, and I figured the money they paid me, I, I should just jump in there. And uh, I know why they were paying the money they were, but oh man, now, what is yeah. your um, what is your style? I mean, what is what's your? Uh... Well, I, I I started wrestling, but then I went into uh, jujitsu, and so okay, okay, oh, okay. You know, I won the police the police and uh, fire world championships uh, a few times, and uh, nice. I, I just took on the jujitsu and made it my own. Everyone makes their jujitsu their own, right? Yeah. Uh, Oh, did you, you train down there in Florida or up in uh, up in Michigan? I tra- I trained all over. You, usually, I jump around and train. I like training in Florida. Where nice. I'm at, where I'm at, it's kind of hard to. You got to pick. Usually, it's easy if you can train at one school where mm-hmm. it has thing. Mm-hmm. I know a guy named Eric Marshalls. He's he's a world champ, two time world champion kickboxer. Which well, most people, I'm undefeated in kickboxing too. So it's a, a lot of people see this stumpy guy getting in a uh, a ring and think, oh man, he's going to kickbox. But I fought. I fought. Uh, I was me and my significant other. We went to Miami. I took a uh, last-minute fight against a guy named Vlad Faustin. But he was Dwayne Wade's, I believe, his uh, cousin. And he showed mm-hmm. a powerboat on a uh, a weigh-in. And I, who well, I was fighting, I said, I don't see an opponent. I don't see any heavyweights. I just see basketball players. And uh, this guy gets on. He's six foot nine. And I saw him. Oh, no, I said, what? I called him. He's my manager. I said. What you get me into here? He's like, I don't know. I didn't know he's that. <laughs> but I ended up knocking him. I knocked him out of the third round. That's on YouTube too. But I ended up knocking him out. And I said, Oh boy, we tried going out after that. I thought I had a couple of concussions under my belt there. Wow. Oh man. Yeah, I, it's enjoyable. I I like to get five more under my belt before I give it up. Well, it's interesting because I've got a you know one of my uh, one of the bartenders at the brewery that I attend you know go to regularly as a live um, ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he's a jujitsu uh, fighter too. So, um, you know, jujitsu is a man. These guys are getting really good. You know, I, yeah. I 
I get beat random. I mean, it's rare, but I, I get beat by some get some slick guys, you know, because it's made for the smaller guy. And I remember well, I trained. Is, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say this. I mean, this guy ended up losing. He's lost, like, I don't know, probably about – 180 pounds oh yeah since oh. he started training and uh it's not so i mean i mean he's, he's good now but it's like you know you imagine what he's going to be when he's you know fully fully trained because i think he's only been training for like 48 months or something like that uh, and i know it sounds psychotic but i got my three-year-old daughter she trains she trains on a on a hulk uh, doll arm nice. bars and it's like you know it sounds a little psychotic but there's there's crazy people out there yeah, yeah. nasty. Mm-hmm. She's going to be nasty. Yeah, and, you know, I train her how I want her to be. It's only UFC she watches. Oh, nice. So it's kind of like the old adage. She'll go into, like, her kindergarten class, and she'll pick out one kid, break one kid's arm, and then no problems the rest of her school years. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. She's uh, You know, with with mixed martial arts, you got to teach respect to at the same time. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to tell you, at two two years old, she was sitting there saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And it's, it's funny, you know, at daycare, I get scolded by parents when she says, yes, sir. You know, it's like, wow. I said, I don't, it's maybe a Southern thing. They don't like that, but I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Number one. Goes a long way. It goes right back. Yeah, to yes, the, sir. It does. Yeah. Right back to the mm-hmm. uh, law enforcement. You have, I mean, that if it's not mutual respect, it's awareness, respect, right? I mean, you know, awareness, you know, that I can't even believe that. How do, you feel, how do you guys feel about firearms up in those parts? It varies. Yeah. It varies. Yeah. Um, I have limited experience, and I <laughs> I know how bad of a shot the only one in the military. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Well, chair force. Yeah. So you have to uh, – Chair force. Give <laughs> uh, difference that um, – yeah. It, other people around here, uh, at least that I've run into – a lot of my coworkers uh, carry when they can, and it's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It's just not, um, it's not my cup of tea because I don't have the practice. It would be something that I would really want to uh, know exactly what I'm doing, as opposed to I think I've got maybe four hours entirely on a range, and right. that's not very much. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I'd, and I, I would, yeah, I would totally agree. You know, I'm a, I'm a little paranoid. Although I'm obviously because of my job. Yeah, sure. I, I, tell, I tell you, in people's environments dictate how they how they think, how they act, what they and their beliefs on firearms, and I can totally understand that. Uh, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, I go out in the city here, and I'm a very familiar face, and it's you know just walking in the, the store the other day with my daughter, I hear, uh, you know, f you, blah blah blah, and I'm like, I'm the type of guy if you're with my daughter, if you're with my daughter, and someone mm-hmm. says to me any threatening way and they walk away, they don't walk away. I, I go to them, mm-hmm. I my daughter off to the mom and I'll go address it. You know, it's not, I just want to make sure they, they're well aware of that. I won't take threats. If anyone <laughs> jeopardizes the, uh, yeah. the safety of any one of my family members, I take it very personal. Oh, yeah. sure. I mean, it's, I mean, it's also a teaching moment, isn't it for your, it, it, well, it, well, it's a teaching <laughs> moment for <laughs> the culprit. Right. Right. But I mean, it's, but you I mean, your, your daughter would see you not. Necessarily. Oh yeah. Well, I'm pretty calm with it. I will will, with that person, but it's like you're right. Okay, I will pass it. Well, usually I ignore it. I I would say I would. She wouldn't even know it. He wouldn't even know it's happening. She wouldn't know happening. Say hold, hold uh, uh, my daughter there. But I turned around, walked right to the car. I'll never forget this. I walked right to this guy's car. He was with his uh, mom, and I asked him. I said, "Do you think that was a real smart thing to do?" And the mom's pleading with me, and I said, "Hey, you know that's a that's a felony charge to." uh, you know, uh, make a threat towards an officer. And when you start threatening felonies, because it is, mm-hmm. I'll kill you, this, that. You can say whatever you want to me outside. I don't care. I can look the other way. I'll even laugh sometimes and say a good one. Just when someone called, you know, I had a guy the other day who's calling me every name in the book. He had some good ones. And I'll tell him, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> that's mine. I got a sense of humor. But, you know, yeah. it comes to my family, I'll tell you, it's not a not something I take lightly. Yeah. So you said you've got 16 years in so far? 16, yes. Are you considered senior? Or a senior or veteran? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm gonna, so I would be senior if that was a, such a thing these days. Oh, not so much anymore? Oh, you wow. Know, you, to think that uh, seniority counts for anything these days, Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And you'll hear this all throughout the United States, you know, uh, vacations, this, that, jobs, getting specialty jobs. Yeah. Mean anything, you know. Really? It, you know, it's, let me ask you this, and I won't, I won't say it because, uh, like, I've been turned down jobs by people that have uh, been there for two, three years, you know, maybe because of a gender, maybe because of a race. I mean, they, there's numbers still to be met, you know. You know, you have equality, you know, numbers they have to meet. Sure. They're unmentioned, but they're there. That's my, you know, my theory, but they're there. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in taking the best candidate. Yeah. I'm not the best candidate. Hey, that's my fault, you know, but when you're the better candidate mm-hmm. and you know it and something happens and you're like, wow, you understand the PC world we live in these days. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Now going back to going back to your uh, MMA, you know, career, right. your MMA start. When when did you like? When was it after you? Like when was the first time you were like, I I really want to do this. You know, not necessarily for a living, but it's like I it, think it was like the first passion. time I I knocked knocked someone out. I mean, right. I, I, that's one thing. Someone has to have a tool. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was just given a gift to hit hard. I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> with some of the best heavyweights in the world that they're like man i would say before i even started this i've sparred with some of the best in the world and it's like they say man you hit hard i mean hard it's like nice. i can take a beating too and it's uh, to this last time and, and i hate to bring up a loss because i got a pretty big ego and it was i think it was stopped pretty quick but there's a, a lot of people don't know the difference when you get when you get hit say behind the ear to oppose to your button say your button's on your chin there mm-hmm out punch where you lose all consciousness for a couple seconds and I got hit behind the ear I made a mistake I I, I dip low on a six foot seven guy he hit me right behind the ear now what happens is you lose your legs you don't lose your 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 head you lose your legs mm-hmm. so went out from underneath me and he got on top of me and hammer fisted me it's like pushing your little brother down it looks really bad that's why you see these guys on the UFC that get up and they're like what what would you do what, 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 what? you know and it's like mm-hmm. The ref doesn't know you. He thinks you're out, and you're not out. You're fine. You're just getting pushed back down, pushed back. And I've always had a good chin. I've never got hit that many times. I've been rocked a couple, but nothing aware. I was like, oh, man, I'm out. But, you know, that was a, I made a mistake. I knew I made that mistake, and I approached that fight like a, like an amateur, I'd say. Yeah. And, and you I said take, you, were, you were coming down towards you know towards the end of your career. How, how long does that those careers normally last for? Mine uh, would last about eight seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even get through the uh, <laughs> into the cage. Yeah, Jason would get down the hall and be like, "No, no, uh, thank you." Yeah. So you know what? Like guys, if you guys know MMA, like the good guy Vitor Belfort. You know, he's been a, he's a Hall of Fame. He'll be a Hall of Famer. But he was the first one of the first UFC champions. To this day, people will have to grab him and pull him out of the. The, the dressing room these guys get a lot of nerves you know it's still okay yeah going into a cage you know and i i mean it's a rush that i, I wasn't never really big into drugs or anything and drink a little bit but i'll tell you what it's like a you want to rush yeah you walk in that cage and then you're locked in a cage a ring with some monster that wants to tear your head off you're like oh man and after the first hit then it's just like you're wearing a, a state of, it's really weird to say but like a state of just calm and you're like let's do this is that is that like a lot of athletes? I even talk with my son, who's you know he's a wrestler. He's a middle school age wrestler. Um, is it the same situation where you walk into a cage or into a ring where it's just you and your opponent, and you can't hear anything else that's going on? Yeah, I I mean I black out. I don't I don't see, I don't know anything. I don't I don't see anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in the zone. I mean, I had a little bit of a lapse that last fight between my this last fight and the, the fight before that. And uh, I, I lost that feeling a little bit. I used to go into a cage, and, and I, all I wanted to do was destroy that person. That's it. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to go out there and destroy that person, go out, have some drinks, have a good time. But that's all I wanted to do. And, uh, and, the, and the thing is, now I walked in that cage, and I knew. You know, it was a bad training camp from the get-go. I went to train in uh, Colorado for a week or so, and I got pulmonary edema out there. Ooh, Training up a little bit. I'm, well, that's a scary thing. I've never had anything like it. Oh, that's bad news. No, I never, never knew. And this, I had my buddy Scott Bills. He fought in UFC Pride. He fought everyone, and uh, he was out there. And they kept, they kept heckling me. You know, and they were like, "Oh man, you're just a big sis. You don't have it anymore." I'm like, 
oh, something's wrong. And, you know, I went to the bathroom. We're in a Breckenridge. So we're at about 12,000 feet. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, it's something. I know I felt like I was getting the flu. And then all of a sudden I started hallucinating. I was throwing up. And uh, I remember see, calling my dog <laughs> in the bathroom. And I'm like, wait a second. On the phone? I'm router right now. <laughs> hey, you know, and I said, man, I, I, I said, did someone slip, slip me some edibles or something? Said, right, <laughs> right, right. So I went downstairs. I jumped in the car on my boxers, and they came down, and they said, what are you doing? It was a blizzard. They're, I'm like, I got to go to the hospital. I'm dying. I said, literally, I'm going to die. And they said, stop it. And they drove me blizzard 11 miles away down the mountain. And uh, they're like, yeah, your oxygen's at 40. I crawled in the ER. They're like, you, <laughs> like, you just made it. So Wow. Randomly, it happens to guys in the NFL all the time. They sign with, uh, you know, Denver. They go out there for a training camp, and it happens to them. They have to be traded, you know. It just yeah. randomly happens. Usually, the, I would say uh, anywhere from 25 to 35-year-old males, they said, random. Huh. So, I don't know. What it's is, weird. So, what is a train? So, you said a week-long training camp from uh, a match. Is that a well, – No, so – a week long train, like you, if you're going to do elevation training, okay, you get, uh, say you got, uh, they say that varies, but say I go out and train, say a week out in elevation. So you got about seven to 14 days that it's still going to be good by the time you get back. So your oxygen is going to be awesome. You know, your oxygen, your elevation, everything else is going to be awesome. So anything, but after that seven to 14 days, I think it is, it's to do elevation training. So basically the best time to do it is if you do it, come back and fight that following week. Mm. Okay. It backfired a little bit on me. Mm. Well, yeah, I would say pulmonary edema is probably it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. What is a, what is a typical non-elevation? What's a training look like? Like, is it uh, <clears throat> like so regiment that you kind of thing you have? So everyone's training varies. You know, some people do a lot of, uh, you know, grappling, a lot of uh, light sparring. I would say my, a lot of people shouldn't do a lot of hard sparring, but that's what I do. I like to spar hard because that's when you're, the anxiety is what gets you. That's what takes away all your breath. You see these guys that have been, think about it. You look how many fights you've watched in boxing, MMA, and they're gassed in the first round, but these guys are in such good shape. Mm-hmm. So their adrenaline and everything else just goes just dumps and they're they're done so you want the rush you want to be mentally trained before anything Hmm. so it's all one it's a it's a it's a mixture of variables just like everything else is it's variables you got to have that mental uh you got to be mentally ready with the physical so do you have any uh fellow officers that also at least they probably come watch you i would imagine there's some camaraderie there but does anybody well, else? yeah they, they they come and watch you know i, I didn't want to watch the last one but <laughs> that, was, that was my only loss that was my only that's my only loss too and you know i've been in some wars but uh yeah so they come and watch i've trained i've trained with a few actually one of my buddies uh he got me into the jujitsu when i first came down here to florida and you know, he's a big Italian dude. He used to train at uh, Joe Frazier's boxing. He's from Philadelphia. Oh, wow. But okay. he got me to jiu-jitsu. And uh, I remember he, he first uh, movie put on me uh, was a ankle, straight ankle hook or heel hook. And I about broke my ankle. And I said, oh, boy, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> so so. You're, when you're training, if you're at your uh, – Forgive me. Do you, do you call it a gym when you're What do you call your? Yeah, it's a gym. I'm a major. So when you're a true gym, um, are we looking at all ages people now? Now we are. We're. You know, it's that's that was another problem with my with my training camp. This last one is that I'm, we're not used to. Uh, if you got some a lot of these gyms, they're starting to turn into fitness. You understand? MMA yeah. don't make any money unless the fighters don't make them any money because they they. Yeah. They expect to be free, you know, this and that. And there's a handful. There's a lot of pro fighters in there. But at the same time, you got kids coming in, females coming in, yeah. fitness classes. So what, what trainers would do is say, hey, jump in this class, you know, do this with us. It'll get you a good warm-up. Well, by the time you're done with that, you're tired. Yeah. Real, mm-hmm. You know, and that was a, that was another problem I had with this training camp as I tried to go in and, and, and main, you know, go with the, the groove of the class. And I, I shouldn't have did that. But I took this kind of light. I'll never do that again, especially at this age. Yeah. And 
did you have to go word of mouth to find one that suited you? Because um, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but it looks like I've, I've seen storefronts that were empty one week and the next week it's got um, BJJ up there. Uh, yeah, because you because they, they I'll tell you what these guys are doing. They're going around, and I've seen it in Michigan. I've seen it in other places. I've seen you know even in Chicago. And you know what they do is they get certifications from like a, a big school that's on the UFC, say American Top Team or this and that, and they get a certification. Then all of a sudden you put that name on there, and everyone starts coming in. Well, they're really nobodies, you know. Okay. At any fights, you wouldn't believe how many gyms I went into and said, "Holy smokes, this." what are these guys doing? This guy's got a brown belt on or a black belt and tapped him out with, you know, and you're like, wow. Yeah. You know, there's, I would say the Mecca, this is one of the Mecca states of MMA is Florida. Okay. I say California is another one, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not in Miami. I can tell you that if I was in Miami, my, my skill set would probably be a lot better. Okay. I, I change up. I'm a pro power lifter too. So it's like, I try to get a, uh, a mix up of, power, power lifting and, you know, MMA training here and there, you know, just to stay uh, mobile. Okay. Well, I got to ask you this as a law enforcement officer and yeah. an MMA fighter. Um, power lifter too now. So yeah. What, right. Sorry guys. What, <laughs> and a uh, daddy. Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. And a daddy. And what, that's a good job. What type of, um, and I, I'm, sh- I'm sure MMA fighting uh, does this, but, what other types of stress relievers do you, um, you know, do you practice with, you know, as a supplement to your in training? Wow. Like, do you do like yoga or? Um, you know what? Like it's uh, most people would laugh at that, but you know, I, I try to get my only out, uh, outlet is the gym. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. And a lot of these guys, you know, we do 12 hour shifts and those 12 hour shifts are four. <clears throat> so I'm up at four o'clock every morning and I try to get to the gym or I try to, and uh, me and me and my woman here, we try to, you know, go off, you know, switch this and that. Where our garage is the gym, but uh, I hold stress a little bit lately. And that's, uh, you know, it's just time. You know, I want more time. That's why I try to get put in for these other jobs. I tell you about like training, this and that. They got me traveling too. You know, I go to Anniston, Alabama, for a FEMA training. I go to, I'm going to a mock prison right in uh, Moundsville, uh, West Virginia coming up so they got me going to a lot of schools a lot of training and uh I, you know i hold stress a little bit that's probably my uh, my downfall and uh, i wouldn't say it's the 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 criminal or the inmate as you would say too i'd say it's more or less the the, the co-workers mm-hmm. the uh as and i guarantee if you talk to most law enforcement or, or you know real law enforcement they'll sit there and tell you the same thing it's your, your supervisors, it's your coworkers, it's the people that call in sick all the time. The people still get the, get the way because they're protected by, you know, the PC movement or the, this and that. It's yeah. crazy to me. It's not the, or the policies, I would say. You know, we get people, I tell you, and that, that, that takes a lot of officers. You go into briefing, there's 40 officers, and there's, say, the first, the, the, the same three people call out all the time, which doubles my workload. Or the next person, they get mad. They they honor that all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's long hours. It's very hard for guys to. You know, they try to send us to places to relieve stress. Nah, it doesn't work that way. You get a lot of people they can leave all the time because of uh, I forget what they call it, but we're we're offered uh, psychologists all the time. Like PTSD, almost. Well, you know, they they just passed that law about PTSD, so. For officers now, if that's a, uh, if uh, you know, if someone witnesses a shooting, just like that uh, that nightclub shooting in uh, Pulse night nightclub, yeah. and oh right, I saw that, you know, and that's a if anyone ever has ever seen a dead body, which I was in a cell block and saw a young lady uh, hanging, and and uh, you know, that's at first you're like, wow, is that real? Then you're like, wow, it is real. And it's like you know, people see that they don't have the same mindset I do. I can handle it, but right. Mm-hmm. See, I can understand how how uh, you know people can freak out over that. You know, they go that Pulse nightclub. That was horrible. The whole thing was handled horribly. Uh, there was, uh, and I will say this to the end: there was a lot of cowardly acts done by not officers, but by uh, you know um, the the fire department. They were they were set up. They didn't want to go in and save lives due to the fact they thought there was a threat there. Mm-hmm. When I'm telling, them, let's go, let's go. 
lot of lives could have been saved. You know, it's like, uh, but that goes back to the, the type of people that are being hired these days. So, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I can see stress, you know, some people handle it worse than others and, but there's outlets. Like I said, I'd use the gym as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I come home and I say, Hey honey, I just, um, I can't stand myself right now. I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cause that's, you know, I, I worked we, for the you know, department of corrections up in Michigan when I lived up there. I was not an officer, so it was not, I mean, I, 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 right. I I'm not, I'm not comparing that at all. I mean, I, I was on the victim, actually the victim side of the, um, of the uh, equation, but right. it was, I mean, it's still, it was still stressful and, in, 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 you know, in, in that type of atmosphere. Right. But of course, you know, it's, you need, well, to find, it, you need to find those act and those, those ways of, uh, you know, relieving that stuff. Cause I mean, that stuff can kill you if you, if oh, you God, it does. I mean, that's a, you know, we watch videos all the time. It's uh, you know, we see these guys cause things happen at an instant in time. Yeah. You know, it's an instant, you know, a guy can hit me. I, I, I was stabbed in the chest, <clears throat> chest once with a pen, my own pen. A guy grabbed me a uh, DUI years ago. He, uh, I asked him for his information. I was taking a CI on him, uh, his information. Uh, and, uh, he says, you're about to see what a Georgia boy is going to do. And I said, hey, the cuffs are going to be off you in a second. We'll see. And sure enough, you know, I was a younger guy, but he uh, he punched me right in the face. We got in a fight, and uh, he grabbed my uh, pen, stabbed me in the chest. And uh, that was uh, that's probably a bad move on his part. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, it was a real bad move on his part. But, you know, it, even at the end of the day, he got too uh, – and I still understand this. He was uh, – a uh, he was intoxicated. I do understand. And you guys might think this is a sick way of thinking, but I, I understand people say one of you guys go out, you have a bet. We all did it. We've got hammered. We've got messed up. We did things. We didn't want to say, we said things we don't want to say. We did punch things we don't want to punch, but you know, they're not thinking, you know, rationally. And, uh, you know, he got two years pro of probation. They asked me what I thought. And, uh, I wouldn't recommend prison time because they were going to go after him, and I didn't recommend prison time. Mm-hmm. Much of a record, didn't have anything, and uh, I think that was the rationale in me at the time. So, mm. but <clears throat> what are you listening to when you're at the gym? Like, so I, I've been, I follow a couple of significant, you know, bodybuilder types. I've been watching a lot of uh, Brian Shaw's Four Times World Strongest Man. Uh, he listens to some serious speed metal stuff when he's working out and then you talk to listen to somebody like Dwayne Johnson when he's working out he's listens to music but he listens to like podcasts so he has a different mindset like he separates from that so I wonder uh, when people I'm a out, weird guy I'm a weird guy I was lit today I listened to BB King a little bit nice uh, about that. I listened to a little uh Slayer uh I'm mixing some rap I listen listen to some uh motivational stuff here and there mm-hmm when Jay's there, he likes Captain and Tennille and the Carpenters. <laughs> the Carpenters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll switch it up. You'll get some Jeff back on there. You don't know what you're oh, wow. going to my playlist. It'll be that's weird. awesome. <laughs> yeah, nice. but, uh, yeah, that's uh, – it all gets me going. It really is the weights, the people around me, the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I do a thing. It's called the soul taker. If I look at you in your eyes, I try to stare at the ran- random person to where they think I'm going to fight him or something. Right? <laughs> Everyone in the gym feel uncomfortable. What's me going? Or they start looking like this. What's this guy doing? What's he like, looking at? Well, my forty-five-minute workout just turned into twelve minutes. I'm out of here. Yeah. yeah. I just I just start randomly pointing at people. They don't know what's going on. Have you do you throw people out of the gym with that? Yeah. Start and then when they start scared, when they get scared. I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Well, I, got, I got this whole gym to myself now. Yeah, that's it. Barking right. like a dog directly I'm a, at me. I'm gonna tell you what though. These gyms though. These gyms down here. Whew, I mean, I don't know what kind of places these are now. You know, they walk in, no one's wearing clothes. Guys ripping their shirts off. I laugh most of the time. Oh. My Instagram and my my uh, social media, I'll start having a lot of fun with those guys. <laughs> I asked one guy, I told him, a kid, they're screaming. I said, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? He's like, dude. And I'm like, dude, you're 120 pounds. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, man, these guys are characters, some of them, but it's funny. I entertain it. Why not? It's a good time. So you casually slip a couple more, a uh, couple more plates on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Really? You know, I'm getting, I'm getting back. You know what? I'm getting back into lifting heavy. You know, today I, uh, 
uh, I, I tore my pec. I tore my pec doing 550. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what, it was, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys ever. Coming out of my mouth. Well, I don't know <laughs> if you guys ever had a, had a, uh, injury like that, but no. you know, it sounds like, <laughs> no, no, I, well, it was my own ignorance again, you know, I it's like, no five times, but well, you yeah. know, it's, it's, uh, I, I, Sounds like Velcro ripping, but oh, damn. Hey, yeah, well, it's the bench. I lifted on the wrong kind of bench, and it, it tilted, and I knew it was going to happen. And my left side went one way, and and uh, this guy comes running over, fell, falls off my chest. I said, I think it's going to need a couple of you guys to lift this off. And he, so a couple of guys came over. They go, was that your chest that made that noise? I said, I looked down my chest, just mm. oh my god. So you know, I just went over the barrier today. I said, uh, it's been two years, and it's a mental thing, you know, it's, mm. it's a, it's a man. I couldn't go over 275. I'll do 275 40 times, but I'll sit there and I'll go. And if I put a five on, I stole, oh, no, oh, no, I can't do it. But I broke the barrier today. It's a lot. Congratulations. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. I think it's you like, know, that's like you know, I, then I, I, I back to rich sit there and say, Hey, cause he was, I think his, uh, his, his garbage from Michigan degrees from like, uh, Physiology, <laughs> uh, business, uh, or something. But we were talking about sports psychology one day, and it's uh, how important it is. You know, I never thought, thought it was a joke, but you see these NFL guys, you know, they get injured. They don't know how to come back from that. It's uh, mm -hmm. more of a mental game. I would never say that. Just like stepping in the cage again, I'm just like, holy smokes, I don't want to get popped again, you know. But, you know, so it would be good for uh, sports psychology is a, a big thing now uh, Now that I had that injury. Yeah, there's uh, – and i got to get more into it. I, it's on Netflix, and I think it's called Just the Losers. You're right, they, Just um, the Losers, right. Talk about the, the – I mean, you lose, and these guys lost in grand scale. And, uh, of course. Yeah. I um, Yeah, that, that blows me away. And good it, on them for that. And good on it, you for, for getting back on the horse because that's something else. I tell you what, it's my ignorance getting older, like younger. I used to say that was dumb. Just like, you know, I, I used to say all these policies were dumb, you know, psychology is dumb. You know, I get older, I can see, you know, it's, mm -hmm. man, I wish I wasn't so ignorant being younger. Yeah. So at, as a MMA fighter, I'm curious right. as to your take on these crossover fights, like when uh, McGregor and Mayweather went at it. Um, <clears throat> I, I, well, they're only going to be around for so so much longer. You know what? Any any top ten boxer that night would have beat up Mayweather so bad. Right. You gotta understand the guys. He, he's that's how bad Conor McGregor is at boxing. Right. Right. Uh, right. He, he's a he's an athlete. He's a long guy for his 145, 135 pound, whatever he wants to fight. At. He's a very long, tall guy, 145 pounds, and. Uh, Look at what a guy like Nate Diaz did to him. Mm -hmm. You know, Nate Diaz is a tough guy, tough guy. That was I knew I called that. Those guys are just nasty, tough the guys. Just got you know. I go back to the the size of fighters. You know, he's long. He's got a very long fighting style, and uh, he's got a hard punch. You know, you understand fights are fifty fifty. There's a lot of luck in fights. One mm. punch, but as far as crossover fights, uh. It was entertaining for a, for a little bit, but think about it. Mayweather's gone. Boxing's gone. You know, uh, you got a Pacquiao. You know, the two just fought this past week, and I had no clue who they were. No. Right. All, mm -hmm. all these big names were there. I, I'm into the Marvin Haglers, the Sugar Ray Leonard's, the Hitman. Right. That, that era of, of boxers, you know, it's not a – I mean, I remember – growing up and babysitting the kids next door and have and they it was cool because the parents had hbo so you could watch like the tyson fights mm -hmm. oh yeah like 80, right 87 mm -hmm. 88 when he was just you know 12 seconds the match is just over because he's just beating these guys to death so so let me ask you this guy uh you guys this question because i i get in this this is one of my dumb debates i always get into so who would have won muhammad ali or, or tyson mm. wow they're both good talkers, so there'd be good hype going up to the match. Wait. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this. All right. Say Tyson would have beat him up within 35 seconds. Well, wasn't couldn't Tyson wasn't the thing that he could actually throw four ish punches within Twice. a second? Of course, he's the fastest. I mean, 
I just saw some footage of him on YouTube just a couple days ago where he was just, even as an older yeah, Oh, older guy. Oh, did you see those, those hooks? Worried. I'm like, oh, my oh. God, I don't want to accidentally be, like, down no. into the, the air he's moving. Absolutely not, you know, but it, a rope-a-dope would be in the world. Everyone says, oh, a rope-a-dope, a rope-a-dope. Well, just think what a, a Joe Frazier did to him. Joe Frazier was half the boxer of what Mike Tyson was, half the power, half this. But he just had grit. Joe Frazier had grit. But uh, a uh, rope-a-dope would have been Tyson's style to just demolish. That's my theory. That's my yeah. But a lot of people He's so strong. Be close. He's yeah. so strong. Yeah, he was a freak athlete. Just think of the training he did. I mean, as a boxer, boxer, Muhammad Ali was awesome. I mean, mm -hmm. old school guys, Floyd Patterson, all those guys were all. It's hard to judge different eras. I mean, you're right. You're one hundred percent right. I mean, my son and I have the, my, He's fourteen years old, and he's like, "Dad," because he's a big NBA guy, and he starts thinking about all his top players now, the LeBron James and stuff. He says, "Do you think they play one on one? They would beat Michael Jordan?" And I say, "Probably not. I think it's different. I think there's a more cerebral game at that point. But when you're talking like boxers, air to air, the more modern you get, the training methods are different." They had no more about nutrition. You know, I, I touch on that too sometimes. But, you, you know, I, I had this uh, debate not too long ago. I, I argued that, you know, b basketball has not changed all that much, you know. Maybe a couple fast guys. Uh, but the fundamentals, the it goes back to grit too. I mean, Jordan, mm -hmm. I hate to even compare the guy to I, – I, I thought Kobe and, and Michael Jordan were pretty much similar guys. And – I just can't look at LeBron and say, hey, this guy is it. You know, they put emphasis on a guy. and But Jordan utilized the team. Kobe Bryant, Bryant utilized the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He utilizes much but himself, you know, in his own ego. Yeah. You know, it's uh, – I think that really takes away from any potential, hey, I'm the best player of all time. Even to this day, they just interviewed Michael Jordan not too long ago, and he says, no, I'm, I don't – I'm not the best player he and then says something like, it, and it really right. says something about that when he's comfortable right. with a goat uncomfortable with a goat uh, you know right not, you may it it depends on who you're talking to as well because you're, you're that, right it's subjective but it is all subjective and i and i do agree with you these eras it's kind of hard i do think fighting though uh it's like is i think the the certain aspects of the of the fight game have changed i don't think boxing has changed all that much I think uh, Sugar Ray Leonard said it probably best. He said they, I, they asked him if who would win with uh, between him and Floyd Mayweather, and he kind of smirked and goes, "Who do you think?" And yeah. he, it's nothing's changed. I was the fastest guy, and he was fast. You know, if you mm -hmm. both yeah. them side by side, and you know he was more aggressive. He threw more punches. He did this and that. Had had better movement. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Wow, he did." And they're, they're showing the fights. I'm like, seeing it side by side, and. There's not much difference in speed. Just because you can hit mitts better than someone doesn't make you – if you're a little flashy, it doesn't make you better, you know. Yeah. You know, the the like I said, luck's a big thing too. But I took yeah. mm -hmm. to be hit by an MMA glove than a boxing glove any day of the week. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I think the – when you're talking about the fundamentals um, – of whatever sport does stay the same. The equipment might change. Jay mentioned the training change. Um, but one thing, I'm going to back it up a little bit. If, and this, this isn't necessarily a sports discussion, but adjacent. So the, um, if, <laughs> if they had almost instant replay from the, the fight that Tyson lost because of the clock, <laughs> if they had the replay and brought that time back, He's, he would have won, I, I think, thinking because so, that was Buster Douglas, right? It was Buster Douglas. Yeah, he, that would have been uh, over. Let me, I, I'm going to tell you this. I, and my dad, that night, we watched it. We watched it live. At, yeah. And I can't I remember. I was five, six years old. I can't remember how old I was, somewhere around there. Maybe a little older. But uh, my dad said, he's it's, a, it's past count. It's a past 10 count. My dad was one of those guys. Mm, mm. And – Sure enough, I mean, it was over past 12 seconds. He looked back, mm -hmm. and, and and I said, holy smoke. And I guess uh, not too long ago, I guess he, he went back, and they interviewed him. He says, I actually won that fight. He yeah. counted. I think he counted, what, 14 or 15. It was it was so yeah. crazy what he did, but that was uh, 
Yeah, it was a big flog. Yeah, and and it's not just it's not just boxing and uh, it's not just boxing. It happens all the time, you know. The quick, yeah. quick stoppages. They just stopped one the other day, you know. It's it's he thought the guy was out. He jumped right back up. It happened in my last fight. I jumped right up. Yeah. I go, what are you doing? He goes, oh, your eyes rolled back in your head. You go, what are you talking about? There's no accountability, you know. It's yeah. uh, there's a no contest. People can try, and most likely in today's fight game, Mike Tyson could have filed for no contest. Mm-hmm. Probably would have won it. No yeah. lie, won it, and it would have been probably a rematch. He would still been the champ. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, a rules change that it goes on. I'm yeah, just you looking know. at the score for that Tyson Buster Douglas fight. I want to know what the score was, and it looks like. Uh, Tyson was up through nine rounds. He was winning 87, 86. Yeah. The second judge had him tied. And then the third judge had Douglas by five. And that's probably what did it. That's why the TKO came into play, right? He didn't knock him out. So, uh, it's, I, I thought it was a ten, ru- counted him out, but I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. I was just saying, speaking to Mike Tyson down here, I was in the gym boxing one night and, uh, one day and on a Saturday and, uh, my boxing trainer at the time, a guy named Ruben Alvarez, he says, uh, yeah, I got this female I'm training, and I turned around, and it was Robin Gibbons. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, you know what? She's still as gorgeous as she was then. I saw all these smokes, and she's probably in you know, her 50s, late 50s. Right. Uh, sure. She smokes. Wow. Yeah, but uh, she's uh, she still acts down here in these little uh, theaters. Yeah. Cool, I guess. It's, it's a living. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is a living. I'm sure she uh, she needs a little money here and there. <laughs> so what? Oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead, James. I was just going to ask. Uh, I, I'm very uh, much a novice when it comes to MMA, UFC type stuff. I see a lot of when I when I do get a chance to see a match or two. There seems to be a lot of the same moves being used. All right. Is it better to just? pummel a guy until the ref decides to call it or to get a submission early I mean, i'm trying to figure out what the best strategy so, so i'll tell you i'll tell you and it's funny you say your, your son's in wrestling so the, yep. the 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 staple of mixed martial arts is wrestling so everyone needs no wrestling 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 then you can defend you you need, you need a basic blue belt jujitsu level just to defend submissions uh but uh there's the thing i, I went for a a video on my Instagram, but I remember I, I jumped. The guy looked like Kimbo Slice, a huge, huge guy. And uh, three rounds, I'm, I'm fighting him. I'm so gassed. And I remember the first round, I get on him and I'm pummeling him, but I jumped probably a minute left in the fight to an arm bar. And I was sloppy. I was excited. I saw it open up and he got loose and he got positioned on me last minute. And then my buddy that's like six and oh at the time and he was a, he's a, one of the top rated heavyweights he's in my corner he goes he goes john don't ever jump for a submission if you got position with with a minute left he goes if you see that submission open up with 10 seconds left 15 seconds left take it take it he goes you have submission you're throwing bombs down on him. why would you do that and i'm thinking i'm like yeah you're right I'm up on top of them. Why would I give that position up? I'm winning the fight. But, uh, yeah, it was a big guy. Some of these guys, I remember, we, I picked them up, and I ran them across the cage, and uh, we moved the whole cage about five feet. Wow. Ooh. This was at the Ritz-Carlton in uh, uh, Tampa, Florida, Ybor City. And uh, I'll never forget the door bent. So the lock bent, and we couldn't get out of the cage after the fight. Nice. <laughs> That's uh, he was a big guy, and uh, because I don't know the rules, it, is it a, is it a maximum round? Are you is it three rounds, five rounds? It was uh, three. That was uh, three three five minute rounds. Three five minute. Okay. So championship rounds are five five minute rounds. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't just go on like boxing. No, usually okay. uh, some of them when I you know I fought in uh, Wisconsin a long time ago and it was like two ten minute rounds. Wow. Yeah, the goal was to finish the fight really quick, which I, I did do. But uh, then I got a hundred dollar bar tab, so it was cool. Wow, <laughs> two ten minute round. That's that's a long time to be. <laughs> that's a long yeah, time. yeah. It was uh, it was <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. No, it's like I sit there. I, you get gas. I'm a big guy now. You know, it's like it's uh it's tough. That weight, you know, muscle takes a lot of oxygen too. It's like mm-hmm. I'm not a big you know power guy, but it's like. 
not a huge guy, but I'm just telling you, when you're 260, 70 pounds, I mean, you, you use a lot of oxygen. You don't understand. Yeah. It's like these guys, these muscles, like Pujanowski, former world's strongest man. Mm-hmm. He got in MMA, hits, obviously he's going to hit hard. He's been winning all right, but he gasses quick. He, he does all the calisthenics and all kinds of rounds. And, but it takes a lot of oxygen for these big guys to uh, live. Too, uh, you, someone mentioned Brian Shaw earlier. Yeah. I was just at the Arnold Classic. I got, I've been going to Arnold Classic for the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah. I always, I always make some kind of stupid video with him. And, yeah, uh, really? Yeah, you know, him and Thor, yeah. I always tell him I'm going to slap him and this and that. It's really dumb. But they, they, I cannot believe this. These are legitimate giants. Mm-hmm. Giants. And I don't understand. I sit there and I watch them start picking that 1,000 pounds up, blood shooting out of their nose. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. And they're breathing. I mean, I'm like, holy smokes. I'm waiting for the body to shut down. I'm like, these guys are actual machines. I just look at how much they consume on a daily basis. Daily basis. The fuel the motor. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He's been doing a lot with Eddie Hall lately. Who, if you haven't seen that documentary, everybody. That documentary is great. I, I just lifted. We just lifted uh, next to Eddie Hall in the, the Columbus uh, uh, Powerhouse Gym. It was, uh, we were. My buddy wrestled, wrestled in WWE for a few years, and uh, Jimmy Vegas is his name, but and uh, he's a big giant. And uh, but we lifted, and I thought he's big. You stand next to Eddie Hall, especially even after he's dieted and he's done powerlifting. Yeah, guy is gigantic. He's probably sure what, which six, uh, four. which uh, um, documentary is that? I think it's called Eddie Strongman. Yeah, okay. and, and and it's his. He had been winning like Europe or Britain's strongest man for years. And he keeps going for uh world's strongest man. And he never, he never got all the way up. He placed second or third. So what I've learned is there's recently there's like Shaw, there's Hathor, who's the, if you guys yeah, watch Game right. of Thrones, uh, monstrous guy. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got uh, a couple others. And then I forgot the guy who won it like eight or nine years in a row. It was, uh, oh, it starts with a Z. Zavikis. Zavikis. Yeah. Yeah. Where these guys are just, it's not like they're cut or anything. They're just pure no. muscle. They're like 440 of just all muscle. It's ridiculous. That's a, a couple that, that I can remember. If you go back and watch the early ones where they grab, I'm trying to remember who it was, not Franco Harris, but um, they grabbed a couple of bodybuilders that, okay, that's fine. And then you just found really big guys that were lifting. And now they they employ nutrition. And Jay was talking about consumption. That oh, yeah, yeah thousands and thousands of calories. But I mean, it's protein and it's it's good food going in. So they're not just these so, big beefy guys. So here. they all use this diet. It's called actually. You can look it up. I, actually, you know what? I, I would like to send it to you guys. But it's a it's a very interesting uh, diet to study. It's called the vertical diet. It, I would say it's for everyone. But they just, you know, they consume, you say they consume a lot, but they don't really consume that many carbs. They don't really consume that. It's, uh, they, they want to maximize their hormones, basically, and thyroid, you know, which uh, when you're maximizing the use of your thyroid, you're actually utilizing all the energy, as much energy as possible. You know, it's, you're opening it up. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's called a vertical diet. A guy named Stan Aberdeen, he basically, Mark, Mark Bell, which they all follow him. He used to be a big power strong man, but he, uh, they all stick to the same diet and it's uh, they do a lot of bison. They do a lot of, uh, rice carbs. Yeah. They, yeah. you know, they do, uh, actually, you know, what's crazy. They, they cut out rice, even, uh, Brian Shaw, I believe that he, he only does rice here and there basically before one of those, you know, for extra energy, like a carb, carb, load. like a carb load. Yeah. Like yeah. a carb mm-hmm. load. Those guys all do but you gotta you gotta realize those guys have the, the access to the best supplements on the yeah. best gear, best everything, which they're they're machines, you know. Which, yeah. but yeah, because Jay will have he's got contact for all. I would like to see that because um, it's one of the things that, uh, and Lance had alluded to this a couple of conversations ago on on fitness journeys and things like that. That uh, you know, I and Jay is talking about as well. On I think at least each of us, except for John, who's always ripped. 
uh, you know, we're, <laughs> it took we're a long shredded. time to Look get at him over there. He's I'm, not, I'm not saying, it, but um, you know, that as we were well into the 40 ish that uh, you know, the bodies change and it's mm-hmm. not just, yeah, I'm going to go slap my running shoes on and, and pound out 10 miles and I'll be fine. It, uh, you can't just, well, you know what it's, a, it, I base everything. Uh, Except for Lance. Well, it just, yeah. and, you know, I base everything up and I'm a big opponent. I, I got a, I hired a bodybuilder to do my, my diet. And, uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm my, my significant other over here. She works in cancer research and okay. cancer, Florida cancer uh, specialist. And you know what? When we get into these debates, you know, there's only one thing I, I, I try to stick to a cancer free diet, cancer freaks. Mm-hmm. I see so many do it. And I don't see, it's rare that I see people really be cancer. You know, mm-hmm. I see people in my profession get it all the time and yeah. they retire and they're done two weeks, two weeks later after retirement. I'm like, wow. But uh, you know, there's what, there's a few things. One of the big things is sugars and, and carbohydrates. You know, you don't see a lot of people doing carbs anymore. A lot of heavy carbs because carbs fuel cancer. Sugar fuel cancer. You know, it's uh, she likes to disagree with me here. But there's other variables. Sure, there's genetics. There's sure. this, but that's one of the biggest things that fuel cancer is carbohydrates or anything that turns into can- or turns into sugar and simple sugars. So hmm. even I see a lot of these guys too. They uh. Like this diet I do, I do six meals, but I only do vegetables one one time a uh, one time a day because they're mm. naturally you bloat. Yeah, with uh, vegetables. So, so I only do two types of vegetables: one is broccoli, and other one's a diuretic, which is asparagus. Okay. Keep your water off your organs. You know you don't want that much water, and it helps re- you know relieve you of some water. Mm. You- Sport I did get into, not to change the subject, was that arm wrestling. And to watch that over there, you know, I, I used to, yeah. I'm so amateur, but uh, Rich actually uh, got me to go to Greek Week one time, and uh, we were going to arm wrestle for his fraternity, which oh. I the dumbest thing I've ever could have did. And he he was going to get me, and and I was already, and there's probably five thousand students, ten thousand students there. And I'm seeing these monsters from the football team. And I saw a guy that looks like John here, all shredded up. And I said, what is this guy doing against these monsters? And they're like, no, he's really tough. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching this guy go against this monster. And I'm sitting there waiting for my turn. There's four matches going on. Everyone's drunk. And, and Rich is like, you ready? You ready? And I'm, I'm watching this. I said, is it me or is that little guy's arm bending? I said, does it look like his arm... And right when I said it, big guy's arm snapped. Ooh. And it sounded like a four by four. And it came right, you guys, mm. on the table. And I looked at Rich. And I said, Rich, I ain't doing this, man. Right. <laughs> right. And, and he goes, don't be a sissy. Don't be a sissy. <laughs> I tell you what, I went right back to frat and started drinking. I said, I'm doing this. Thank you. They got me canceled. Right. It, it's, no. right. Wait, Rich was talking tough guy? Oh, Rich, it's Rich like is a, this big yeah. around. Listen, Rich is the Rich is the uh, oh. Rich, Rich can talk, Andy. Wow, oh, man, <laughs> I, I can't uh, wait to hear shit about uh, this. No. <laughs> you know, hey, listen, don't. The one thing you need to bring up to Rich, if you ever see Rich again, is that. Oh yeah, Rich sell, sells a lot, but Rich comes to my house one day. He goes, John, I, I'm going to ask you something really weird. Uh, he goes, I got this offer for Abercrombie. I said, Rich, don't ask me to do it. I says, yeah, yeah, they need pictures, John. <laughs> Rich, I'll take the pictures. <laughs> I still got those pictures, too, and I'm holding on to them. I said, yeah, you may need those at some point for something. Black yeah, oh, paint. yeah. I, I <laughs> Oh, I'll use it, but holy smokes, oh, Rich, man, he's a character. Oh, man. He does, up, up to a certain point, have one of the highest downloaded, most listened to episodes of the podcast. He uh, he, he uh, educated us quite well, and uh, a lot of people uh, vibed on him. But this On one, boring sales? Uh, <laughs> on on uh, the psychology of business, we called it. Talking about uh, how to have conversations about lots of different things that wasn't all about sales for sure. Yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, you know, Rich can talk. Rich can talk a good game. Did you ask him what his sales were? Uh, wasn't it, wasn't it uh, Windows at one point? 
like housing <laughs> supply stuff. Uh, that's awesome. Oh man. So, Hey, we are coming up on, on time, John. So for people who are interested, you, you've kind of alluded to some YouTube videos and your social media. Is there anything out there that, uh, you want people to, to know about, to be able to find you and follow your, uh, exploits yeah, you can, uh, actually you can find me on uh, Instagram, an ice cold athlete, one word. Ice cold athlete on Instagram. Yeah, gotcha. That's one. That's my uh, and my uh, handle on uh, Snapchat too. Nice. I don't Facebook any uh, anymore due to the fact that it's all politics and uh, yeah. no kidding. And, you know, and <laughs> it's, bigotry. It's but, pretty uh, crappy. It is. You know, it's just negative. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you can get. I always have some good videos on there. It's usually something to do with sports or or making heckling someone, which. Uh, I can take it just as much as I can give it, so that's it. it's worth it. That's cool. Very entertaining. Awesome. Well, uh, well, I gotta tell you, John, we really appreciate you being on. Oh, this I appreciate you having me. Free. Thanks, John. Yeah, yeah thanks very so much. much. Yeah, so. thanks for also serving what you do. Oh, you thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. But my thanks to uh, John and Lance and Tucker and our guest John Darling, ice cold athlete on Instagram. Uh, gentlemen, it's been great. I appreciate your time. And if I don't talk to you, I'll catch you in the next one. Thanks, Jay. See you guys.